Welcome back, Giants Nation, to another episode of the Giants Panel Podcast. Last episode, we talked offense. This episode, we're going to talk defense in the season they had in 2020. So, sit back, relax, and let's talk Giants football. I'll make a brand new start of it in old So last episode, we jumped into the offense, kind of came off as a negative episode. This week, we're talking defense, much higher expectations. It's going to be a positive episode. We know it. Um, so I guess we'll just jump right into it. But first, I have to I have to answer for the people here, Nick. You had your, your locks of the Super Bowl at the end of the last, last episode. And I mean, you went one for four. We're going to need an explanation. All right. Well... Let me start. One, I said heads. Told you guys that was going to hit. It was a heads here. Two, I want to apologize to all the listeners of the program. I said to take no Gatorade. But when I went to go take no Gatorade, the bet said, and I quote, um, bet will be voided if there is no Gatorade. So I was like, oh my God, I told everyone to take no Gatorade. But then I received a hot tip from one of my friends. Saying, uh, and this was on Friday, I have the messages, saying that it will be Blue Gatorade. And I was like, all right, well, I don't want to be that guy at the water cooler at work to be like, yeah, I didn't follow the hot tip. So I took it. I took the Blue Gatorade. Lo and behold, the Gatorade was blue. And I was like, holy shit. Like, it worked. It was sick. But did I take the Chiefs? Yes. But did I take the over or under? I can't even remember. But The under on the National Anthem you took. Oh, the under on the national anthem. Yeah, well, that was fraud. That was fraudulent. And let me tell you why. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I because I was sitting there recording, uh, using like my stopwatch on my phone, and uh, like they gave each other a look, like like they both just looked at each other at two oh five, and it was two thirteen, and then they held it for twenty five more seconds. It was it was fraudulent. I knew it. It, it was it was rigged. So, I I only lost one bet. Two, two. You only lost one. <laughs> I only lost... No, no, no. National Anthem didn't count. It was oh, fraudulent. Okay, okay. Got it, got it. Okay. But the Blue Gatorade... I, the Blue Gatorade's true. And because of the Blue Gatorade, I was I went down like 150 or something. But then I hit the Blue Gatorade, and I ended up being up on the day 150. So I'm the winner here. Uh, not too bad, I guess. It's uh, not about yeah, you. The personal book. It's about the people. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we'll just jump right into it here. Uh, we're talking defense. We'll go system overall. Uh, personal opinions on the defense. I think it was a great year for the defense. Um, not only because of statistics and how they played, but when you take a step back and you actually look on who was playing in these games, like we were stre- stretched like pretty thin personnel-wise um, at certain times, whether it be linebacker or um, secondary. And we were competing. We, we were playing real well. Um, what I think uh, Patrick Graham was able to do with with his young personnel uh, is super encouraging, and now you're going to start getting your guys back. Uh, if we if we can hold what we can on what we've done on this this season, this defense, and we can bring an offense that can play, I think I think it's got a good future. But uh, what do you guys think? What do you think, Julian? Patrick Graham really came into this thing because James Betcher was terrible. Um, like it was, it's actually kind of funny because last year the whole, or two years ago I guess now, the whole narrative was that we 
had the offensive power and then defense lets down every game and then completely flip flop this year. Huge thanks to Patrick Graham bringing in, you know, people that he knows will work with his system and people that actually bought in and played well and actually people like developing under his system. So I'm happy, real happy we got him back for this season and I'm excited to see what he'll do in year two with the same personnel. No, yeah, Patrick Graham definitely changes the dynamic of the Giants team. I mean, look at it like I've never seen like a team that was playing what was it we with six wins or something like that play like together. Like they like still bought in even with when they had like four, five, six wins. So like it was cool to see that. And Patrick Graham came out with a quote recently that I really liked. I mean, I don't know how true it is because it's kind of like broad, but he was like it's my dream job to be the defensive coordinator of the New York Giants. I feel like he could have other dream jobs in the NFL, but like if he actually said that, fine. I love it. Let's go, Patrick. Definitely a good thing to hear. Super, was super excited to see that too. Um, just real quick before we move on, I just wanted to touch on uh, Julian. You mentioned like developing guys. I think that's such a huge part of becoming a team that can compete year in and year out in the league is yes, you have your superstars. You're going to make your moves in free agency. You're going to make your moves in the draft. But if you can have your guys that you got on this roster and you can develop them to become good players, have the guys that, that are on your team and, and help them grow. Like, listen, not everybody comes out of the draft and is a superstar every time. There's time people you take in the third round, fourth round, fifth round, whatever it is, that they, they need some work. But if you could, if you can work on those guys and get them to be legitimate competitors and put them in positions where they're playing to their strengths and they do well, that transforms your team completely, um, without a doubt in my mind. So, all right. So first, first uh, position category here, I guess we'll talk about is a little bit about the D line. Um, hot topic is is Dalvin Tomlinson, Letter Williams, what to do. Um, my opinion, Williams is way bigger of, uh, way more importance. You gotta, you gotta get him re-signed. A lot of people are saying that, oh, it's, it's, it's coverage sacks, whatever it may be, but the pressures are there. His pressures, I think, um, I tweeted about it. His pressures, I think were like five pressures off of what Aaron Donald did this year, who was the defensive MVP. Um, that, that makes a difference. Pressures are huge in my opinion. Uh, he was able to he, – he always had those pressure numbers, but he was able to turn them into sacks this season. Um, but he, he's somebody you have to bring back. Delvin Tomlinson would be a nice to bring back. I don't I don't think we we lose that much of a step if we drop Delvin, in my opinion. Uh, what do you guys think? So one thing that genu- genuinely is bothering me up until this point right now with the people on Giants Twitter, all year, like before the season, everyone was saying – we need someone who can get like constant pressure and sack the quarterback. Leonard Williams comes in and gets what does he get? Ten and a half or eleven sacks? I think it was eleven was and a half. It? it was eleven and a half sacks. And people were like, no, he had six six freaking what was it called? Coverage sacks. Like like what do you guys want? Like genu- I'm like really curious to see. Like, what can make it like these Giants fans on Twitter happy? Because these people go nuts. Like, we finally have something good. We haven't seen a defensive lineman play like this in years. And that's still not good enough for you? Like, wake up. Like, Leonard Williams is a good player. We have to bring him back. He deserves to get paid. This is what we want. We needed this. And it's still not good enough. It makes me upset. Yeah, Leonard Williams, he's one of those people that really thrived under Patrick Graham. I don't know what Patrick Graham did, said to him before the season, but 
whatever it did, it really worked out. And it's it honestly low key saved Gettleman's job too. I feel like because if that if that if Leonard had another season like last year, I, I don't think he would have survived. But I agree. Leo Leo really did kill it this season. Uh, he finally converted all those almost sacks into sacks. He commanded a bunch of double teams, which freed up a bunch of our other D linemen to get tackles for losses, tackles at the line of scrimmage. Freed up our linebackers, Blake Martinez, to get however many tackles he had, like 150-plus. Um, uh, Leo was a crucial part of our defense, and I think he has to be retained. Now, question for you guys. Do you guys care about the number at all of what his contract's going to be? Because it could be like 20-plus for all we know. Oh, that's tough. Um, I mean, ideally, you get him as close to that 20 number as possible. I mean, best world ever is if you can get him for under 20. But, I mean, I'm we're sitting here looking at these numbers. 11 and a half sacks, 30 QB hits. He had 30 QB hits. The next closest guy had 10 QB hits. Um, he played well on the run as well. 14 tackles for loss. Like, he's he's one of those guys that was your your best player up front, and you can't let him walk. And I don't I don't think Dave Gettleman will let him walk because, you know, he's sitting back in his chair with his Wii remote in hand, and he's saying, you know what? I said this guy was going to be a dog. Nobody believed me when I traded for him. Uh, everybody said it was so stupid, so stupid. Now look at this. I, I, I really can't see a world where we let him walk. Um, but I, I guess we'll see. Yeah. So. And in terms of Dalvin, since we're going to jump over to Dalvin real quick, Dalvin also had a really good season, I felt personally. You know, three and a half sacks, 49 tackles. Uh, was that eight tackles for loss, 10 QB hits? He he had a great season in his own rights. It obviously wasn't as you know big as Leo's, but... I think that if we let go of Dalvin, he's going to have one of those rises like um, Linval Joseph. Joseph. I feel like we're like letting go of Linval Joseph V2. But the problem is it's just going to be hard to keep both of them. And if we do keep both of them, we're allocating like, what, 34 million to two players on the D line alone. So it's definitely going to be, you know, a crunch to try and keep both. And I don't think we can unless we franchise probably Dalvin. But... I think he's. I mean, we're in, we're in agreement here that that if you had to choose one of the two, you're you're even with the the price tag, you're taking Williams, 000%. right? Yeah. But one thing about yeah. bringing back Tomlinson, one thing I've been noticing a trend in football for since birth was the defensive front, like the D line. When it comes down to it, like they win you championships. Like as crazy as this is going to sound, think about our championship teams from. 2007, 2012. Think about the Bucks team this year, that D-line. Like, the D-line is low-key one of the most important parts of the team. So, in my opinion, I think we should keep them all together. I know we need other things, but D-line is extremely important. Sounds like you're trying to you're, – you're starting to follow through with that Gellerman philosophy there with the big men in the trenches. Uh, you, got, you need it. Yeah. Like, no, look, look at the Buccaneers. Oh, uh, let's 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 allocate credit the right way. The Bucks defense, the defensive line was tearing it up, yes, but they were thin up front, the Chiefs too. So let's, yeah. let's put that out there. Um but no, yeah, that like I said, I think we can all agree Leonard Williams is a dog and he needs to be back. Dalvin Tomlinson, also another good player, but do we really lose that much of a step? You think about these other guys like like B J Hill and BJ uh, Hill, yeah. Uh you got Dexter Lawrence up front who we haven't talked about yet. These other guys that are that are young and they could step in, I think. Uh, so I guess we'll just transition over then. So we'll start talking about those secondary guys now. Um, Dexter Lawrence, you got um, B.J. Hill, who 
was a little upset with his production, but we'll get there. Um, even Austin Johnson, who's a young name they, they throw out there. Uh, some of these guys are playing ridiculously good football. Dexter Lawrence, I'm in love with the guy. He's He's got enthusiasm. He plays well. He's, he's tied for second with uh, leading the team for sacks with Kyler Frackwell at four. Um, 10 QB hits, 53 tackles, uh, 53 combo tackles, and 30 uh, solo tackles. The guy can move for his size and his weight. Uh, he is... He is what we call like a fat athlete. The guy can run. Uh, there was there was a play where I, there there was a play where I watched him like uh, they they ran like a play action. I forget who it was against. I want to say maybe it was the Seahawks they played against. They ran a play action, so it was like a uh, everybody was flowing left. Russell faked a handoff, and then the tight end leaks out right. Um, and I just watched Leonard, uh, sorry Dexter Lawrence, just stick his foot in the ground and turn and run with a tight end. And I was just like, wow, this guy can play. I love his energy. I love everything about him. Um, this is really like a, I wasn't a huge fan of the pick. I'll be honest. I wasn't a huge fan of the pick at 17, uh, but I've really come around on the kid. I think he could play, and I think he's got a bright future. Uh, everybody's talking about how he's just a he's just a run stop guy. He can get after the quarterback. He's shown that. So, um, and remember that play from camp when he chased down uh, the screen from behind on Saquon? Yes, that's another thing. He's, <laughs> he's crazy. It, uh, somebody check his Madden awareness rating because the, the guy hunts down screens like no other. He's he's real good at that. He's really good at recognizing a screen. He's an animal. Like, I love him. Like, I am upset. I want, all right, so I have a little curse where, like, um, if I buy a player's jersey, something bad happens to him. And, like, I really wanted a Dexter Lawrence jersey. But for some reason, you guys, I blame you two, for convincing me to get a Daniel Jones jersey. <laughs> got it the week Got it the week of the Bengals game. Just want to say that. But, yeah, no, I really do like Dexter Lawrence. And he's going to be here for a long time. So, like, I'm happy about that. He's going to grow. He's going to become a beast. He has now veterans to even, like, help him grow. I would consider Leonard Williams a veteran now, wouldn't you guys? He, yeah. How, how many years did he play? Fun fact, he's younger than Dalvin Tomlinson. Really? Oh. By, like, a, wow. like by a few months. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> That's, like, another thing. I mean, I mean keep, we keep coming back to Leonard Williams. Great of a season. Like, he's 26 years old. Like, you, you got this kid in his prime right now. Like, if you're going to pay the guy, now is the time to pay him, you know? Give him that five-year deal now. Lock it. Lock him up. Lock him up. Um, all right. So BJ Hill, man. Yo, they don't call. They don't call Dexter Lawrence sexy Dexy for nothing. <laughs> yeah, that, definitely. Right? Definitely has established himself as the best uh, dance moves on the team. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, but yeah. So BJ Hill. Gosh, I, I get so upset when I think about BJ Hill because I, I had such high hopes for this kid. I really thought. Um, he was my favorite out of between BJ Hill and Dalvin Tomlinson. Out of the two there, I, I liked BJ Hill better. I th- think that he's got a brighter future, but it, it was a rough season for him. I mean, he didn't play a ton of the snaps, but one sack, three QB hits. Like, I mean, even in the tackles department, he didn't have a ton of tackles. Like, he wasn't super big in the run game. I was expecting him to be more of like that that pass rusher guy, maybe, but it really hasn't panned out for him too much. He looked, like, really slow off the ball this year. I don't know if it was just me seeing it, but, like, I, I he just looked, like, lazy, kind of. I don't know. Maybe something was going on in his head. But, like, I really did expect him to have, like, a crazy good year. Like, show a lot of potential. But I don't know. I just don't know about him anymore. Every year, ever since that rookie year, he kind of just, his play just dropped. Yeah. And, you know, this I always tell Chris about this because it pisses me off. The right, the pick right after B.J. Hill is Fred Warner on uh, San Francisco that oh. year, and the pick right before him was Justin Reed 
the safety. Like, it's just, I know, uh, you know, hindsight twenty twenty, but it's, that pisses me off to this day. Yeah, that's that's tough but to look at. Listen, we're gonna have to if we don't keep Dalvin, he's gonna be next man up. Him and Austin Johnson. So, assuming we don't keep Dalvin, BJ's got to live up to that draft status and play like he did his freshman year, rookie year, and and plus some, because even that wasn't enough. So this is this is a big this is a big uh, moment in his career right now. You mentioned uh, Austin Johnson there, and for some reason. He's just somebody I, I like. I mean, I'm looking at his age here. He's 26. He's the same age as Leonard Williams. I mean, he's obviously not that playmaking caliber. Didn't have a ton of playing time. But I felt like this kid made a, a solid play in almost like almost every game where he's like where he, he kind of just jumped up the screen. Like, oh, that was, that was a nice play by 98 right there. Another guy, depth guy, I have no problem keeping him on this team. The defensive line rotates all the time, and he's, he's a guy I'd love to have in rotation. I think – uh, let's let's see what he's got. Let's let's start up in his snap count a little bit. Like you said, if we do lose Dalvin Thompson, Austin Johnson, BJ Hill, like those, like I'm fairly confident we can replace that production with those two. Hey, listen, got one of Gettleman's old toys. Uh, Kaiwan Short just got a. Uh, oh God! You know, I, I tweeted about that too. I said, Dave Gettleman, <laughs> Dave Gettleman is licking his lips not only for another big man. That's uh, like exactly his type of defensive lineman too. Dave Gettleman loves those heavy set defensive, like interior linemen. Not only that, but he's an ex Panther as well. Like, come on, That's come his on. Boy. That's his boy. Exactly. Yeah, but how much is he gonna want? Nah, here's if they go out and sign him, I'd be pissed. Uh, you can't sign that guy. Yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> we nah. just don't got right? the money. Yeah. Unless unless he like comes for like dirt cheap. I, I don't think he would. He's he's a couple time Pro Bowler. I think he he's a good player. He might he, he or might have to, his value is more than Dalvin. And it causes Dalvin's market to crash, where we get back on the low low. Genius. Could be. Could be. Maybe. Maybe Gavin made a call over to Kawan. He was like, "Listen, I need you to, I need you to just get released. I, I, I need you out of there." Listen, big, big brain plays by Gettleman. <laughs> um. All right. So I think that pretty much wraps up uh, defensive line, right? Is there anybody else we want to talk about before we move on to uh, to the linebackers? What was um. Uh, the pride of uh, Ohio was he a D line or outside linebacker? I think pride he was an Ohio. outside linebacker. Talking, uh, Nico L- Lelos. Oh, what is he? Was he considered? Um, positions. Kid from Akron? Yeah, th- we could save him for uh, for linebacker talk. Okay. All right, sneak peek. All right, uh, now we're talking linebacker. Let's start interior. You know we're going first. Blake Martinez. What a stud! What? How nice it is to have somebody in the middle of your. Your, your team who just knows what they're doing. Uh, the huge knock on him was he's not a good uh, pass defense guy. I think he, he debunked that myth. He had, a, he had one interception. It was a couple. No, one interception he had. Um, 151 tackles. Blake Sheesh. Martinez and Patrick Graham are the perfect pair that you can ask for, for a defense. So happy we locked him up. And like he, he's not even like super overpaid. Everything about Blake Martinez just makes me happy. Um, His age, age-wise, yeah, he's only twenty-six. This team is so young. Like, if if if, if we pl- if we play our cards right, we really can be a good team. But we, I mean, we need a couple pieces, obviously. But man, Blake Martinez had a hell of a season. What a snub for the Pro Bowl for the All Pro team. That's crazy, crazy that he didn't make any of those. Uh, what 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 else does the man have to do, really? to get on those nine tackles for loss six qb hits three sacks he did it all oh. he did it all he was the man in the middle he was the, the heart and soul of the defense 
you could you can clearly clearly tell when he wasn't in when he was uh, I mean he kind of was an Iron Man he played all six he played in all 16 games um a couple times where he got a bit injured during the game maybe and and came out for a while but when when he wasn't in the, the entire defense was completely different he's, he is the anchor in the middle looking forward to watching him play for the next two years on contract maybe years after that so He's gonna you if Patrick Ram stays, Blake Martinez is gonna stay. Let me tell you that they, they, like you said, they just go together so well. Blake Martinez, like I was happy when the Giants signed them originally. I was just like, all right, now we have a serviceable linebacker. But now we have like I'm not gonna say elite, but we we have like a very very good linebacker. And what was the last time we've seen the Giants have a good linebacker? I can't even remember. The last time we had a good middle linebacker. Antonio Pierce, honestly. <laughs> Antonio Pierce, yeah. When was that? I'm going to have to jump Jesus. in and just real quickly correct you there. You didn't say – you said, I don't want to say elite. You can and you should say elite. He is an elite linebacker in this league. Fine. Fine, fine. Blake Martinez, you're elite. There it is. Uh, stamp it. Stamp it. And he's, and he's kind of funny on Twitter. <laughs> he's kind of funny. He's a big, uh, big anime guy too, I think, right? Oh, uh, yeah. That's my boy. So – um, nothing negative yeah. to say about him. Thought he played super well. Two forced fumbles too. He was. It was also just nice to have such a sound middle linebacker that just like you knew like everything was like he was just not gonna mess up. Yeah. Like it was like I never felt like oh shit Blake's out there on third down or oh, like oh Blake Blake has to make this tackle like I'm nervous like I never felt that way once. You had that. You had that when you felt like with like uh with Ogletree and stuff like that. Th- those guys. That was I stunk. This guy. Blake Martinez can play. I remember everyone was all so. pissed off at the signing, and I, I, at the time, I was like, you know what? Like, I, I like Blake. I think, <laughs> I think Green Bay didn't use him to his full I think, potential. I'll be honest. I, I'm pretty sure me and you were both in the same boat. I think we liked. I think we liked uh, as the bargain player, the bargain to the the price to value player. I think we both liked Joe Schobert. Yeah, um, yeah. Didn't have a great season where he was. It was Jacksonville, right? Did, didn't have a great season in. Uh, yeah, he kind of in Jacksonville, but uh, Blake Martinez has certainly panned out. Um, and I think as long as he's with, as as long as he's with Patrick Graham, I think there's good things to come for those two. So uh, now it just comes to the question of who's going to play next to him. Uh, we had a bunch of guys play. And our my uh, favorite, Tay, Tay Crowder, Devonte Downs, David Mayo. Uh, some of those names stink. <laughs> uh, David Mayo in particular. David Mayo stinks. David Mayo is trash. That guy is a dumpster fire. I, I you could put me in David Mayo's spot, yeah, I remember and I would David play better. David Mayo started a game, and played like over like half the snaps, and had zero tackles <laughs> as a linebacker. I was like, bro, that's like impossible. How you how you a linebacker playing over fifty percent of the snaps and have zero tackles? The guy's he's just a waste of space. Like he is awful. Like, oh my god. Like I would watch him. Like I would just focus on him some plays, and like I would laugh. Like it didn't make sense what he. It's like he didn't know what he was doing. Like, he forgot how to play football. Like, who... Wh- what? Like Devontae Downs wasn't that much better. He, he, he was he was trash, too. Yeah, Devontae Downs didn't play, didn't play that looked, well either. He just either. looked lost in coverage. Yeah. He wasn't too happy but, with his production but, either. But, 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 we got Mr. Irrelevant, <laughs> Tay Crowder. How? That's, the, that's a question. How did this guy become Mr. Irrelevant? The kid can play. Ball. I mean, you talk about everybody loves that linebacker who's like the stretch the field guy, right? The guy who can run sideline sideline to sideline. Tate Crowder, in my opinion, has that speed. He's that type of guy where he's all over the field when he's in. Um, Former running back he's, at he's, Georgia. He's, yeah, 
Yeah, well, he, he's got to get better at certain things. Uh, he's not the most sound tackler, even in pass coverage, maybe a little bit better in pass coverage. But for the value there, for last overall, as long as he's next to Blake Martinez, like this kid's yep. going to get better. He's going to get and better. I remember, I forget what game it was, but Blake was out for that last drive. And Tate Crowder just handled the, the, the not, I was going to say crowd, handled the huddle with like dominance. And like it looked like we didn't miss a beat with Tate Crowder out there. I'm like, all right, Tay. You know, do your thing. Uh, yeah, I, th- I like Tate Crowder a lot. I think he's he has potential to be a, a really solid player in this uh, for this team too. Hot take, hot take is Tate Crowder going to be the best Mister Irrelevant of all time? Oh, I, don't, I don't I don't know enough Mister Irrelevance off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. And then you think of a list of other Mister Irrelevance. Let me see if I can pull that up real quick while you guys keep going. Yeah. So uh, I want to see an, another another quick draft question so um picking at 11 a lot of people think that it's possible because of certain off the field issues that uh, micah parsons might fall to around 11 would you guys be happy with pairing uh michael parsons next to blake martinez or are you all in on offense it's offense or nothing micah parsons i mean just because of his issues like he wouldn't fit well just because like we don't really take shit here like like, you make a mistake, like, they don't really... There's no second chances here in uh, New York, clearly, on how things have been playing out for some people. But, I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. The thing is, I, I was reading his his his, his alleged uh, bad traits was really... So, there's, like, I know there's this rape scandal that went on. It was not really much of a scandal, it was, like, confirmed. But, he actually had no uh, part in that, thankfully. Um, and the issues that they say they have is more of a hazing. He was like, he was caught like hazing, uh, like, like freshman incoming players or whatever. So it's not, it's, it's, it's more so like a, you know, hazing, like a frat persona type of thing. Yeah. So realistically, I feel like that's something that, you know, like you, you grow up, (laughs) like frankly, you just grow up out of that. Could be, could be. I, I wouldn't be upset with the pick. I do think the offense is in a way worse spot and needs a lot more help. Um, but like, I wouldn't be mad if we took Micah Parsons at eleven. That's I don't think that's anything to be upset about. I think he's a really good player, and like you said, that those those small off the field issues m- might cause him to fall. So, I I don't know I, I don't know I wouldn't be upset. But like, if you go to Penn State and you play football there, you gotta know you can't haze. Like, like <laughs> like like you gotta know. Like what happened ten years ago? Like there this guy was taping kids to the fucking walls. And, like, you're going to just start hazing freshmen? Like, come on. Take take a breather. Realize where you are. Like, it's stupid. And, like, that makes me think this guy is stupid now. And I don't want stupid on my team. We already have Jason Garrett. I mean, you don't know. You could, you could get somebody like uh, like Tyron Matthew had a lot of issues coming out of college as far as, like, with weed and stuff like that. And he look what yeah, he turned he, out to he be. Was just, he was just smoking pot. Like, this guy this guy's <laughs> hazing. Right? I guess, oh, yeah. Huh. You going to tell me you never haze Cortella? Um, there's no such thing as pledging or hazing. <laughs> All right. Good answer. Good answer. All right. And I was looking up uh, real quick. I was looking up past uh, Mr. Relevance. No one really came to mind except for like Ryan Suckup, the kicker. <laughs> so it's on the table. It's on the table. It's it, it's like it's on the table. Like there's no one here that's really standing out. All right. Giants Paddle Podcast. We are predicting this now. Tate Crowder will be the best. Mr. Irrelevant in the history of NFL football. <laughs> somebody, you know, somebody's going to come at us with some sort of like 
Oh, well, you know, uh, Lawrence Taylor was taken last overall. Like, some, like, random. It's going to be some guy from the 50s who was wearing, like, a leather hat and, like, Madden made him a 99 overall for being a legend. But, like, no one can name who this guy is. <laughs> Guarantee I could beat that guy off the ball, too. Fuck. <laughs> Football didn't count until the 80s. Football didn't count to the 80s. That's a hot take right there. Um, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so we're jumping into outside linebacker <laughs> now. Um, this is a position where we're kind of young um, because of injuries, I guess. Uh, injuries to guys like O'Shane Zimenez and Lorenzo Carter led to a lot of young guys getting some playing time. Um, they look good. And I think we, I think they did well. I, th- I, I, I'm not upset with them at all. I think Me Carter either. Coughlin showed a lot of, a lot of really good, uh, a lot of good play out of him. Um, and and it, listen, people are people are demanding an edge rusher for the Giants. And don't get me wrong, if you if you put a bona fide stud edge rusher edge rusher on this team, uh, the defense is really good already. It's going to get significantly better very fast. Be a top five. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's going to get really good. But I don't think there's anybody in the draft that's going to come out and be that impact edge rusher like you get with like a Chase Young or or any of those guys that are just going to step on the field and instantly make your team better. I think more so it's it's going to take a little time to to develop some of these guys so you have to think okay maybe free agency we could do something do we have the money to spend there i don't think so we're we're kind of short on cash i mean we have to see what happens with all the cutting and how we make room and restructuring but you you have O'Shane Zimenez you have Lorenzo Carter you have these guys in your back pocket who really they played four four games for O'Shane Zimenez and five games for Lorenzo Carter the, they didn't get a lot of time so you hope that you can maybe stay healthy next season and put together a season. Who knows? Maybe they put down. Maybe they put down some. Uh, so real good season. You bring back Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams starts taking up some blockers, make some one-on-one situations for these edge rush guys. They could start putting some sacks on the board. Um, I, I'm not as worried as the general fan base is on edge rusher. Yes, there is always room to get better there, but I think we're. I think we're okay. We're not. We we need positions somewhere else too. You know. So. Uh, that that's my take on that. Edge rusher is the most important position on the defense. I I I agree with that. To, uh, Kyle Shanahan. Was it Kyle Shanahan who said that? Maybe, yeah, I think it maybe. Was. I mean, edge rusher, yes, but I guess more of a general concept is rushing the passer is, is a, a super important thing to do on your defense. If you can rush the passer and force him to make bad decisions, line wins championships. Then, your your whole team is going to get better on defense, so it's going to make the, the defensive backs look great, the linebackers look great. So yes, like I said, if we can get a bona fide guy, that's great. But I do think there's some young guys that that are kind of like like prove it now. Like Lorenzo Carter, he, is he Julian? Maybe you know off the top of your head, is he close to the end of his contract or what? Yeah, this is last year. He's on his fourth year this coming season. Exactly. This is like this is prove it. This is prove it for him. So who knows? He may come with that. He may come with a little gas. You know what I'm saying? So. Listen, Leonard Floyd made that jump his his last season, season on the contract. So, fellow Georgian, you know who, hey, you know who I low key love that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, maybe I don't. Maybe we did mention him and I didn't realize. Cam Brown, I like Cam Brown. That was the young, young name I was looking for. Cam Brown, I think he's he's gonna play well too. He's got to put a little size on, but I think he's he's fast. The thing is, he hit like it was annoying watching him just because. He looked like the best athlete, not the best, but he looked like the best, like uh, the the trenches, the best athlete. And he just never finished the play. Like I remember, he was chasing down. I think it was like Kyler Murray from behind. He was like about to get there, and he missed like the strip sack. And I'm like, oh, like that would have been such a sick play, because especially on Kyler Murray. But 
he he flashed. He flashes athleticism, and so did Carter Coughlin. He 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 was a great spy. He was a great holding the edge. Uh, not I want to say great, but for what he was what he really picked, he he definitely they they both definitely outperformed their draft position, which was you know good on Dave Gettleman. Cam Brown just needs to like understand like the speed of the game more. Just needs to mature a little bit. But I think he's gonna be an animal. I don't. Yeah, it'll come with time. I'm not. I'm not worried about Cam Brown. I think. I think I said if he gets put on a little bit of size, he's gonna get. He's gonna get like you said, Gretel, with the speed of the game a little bit more. Then I think he's. He's. He'll be fine. Yeah, 22 years old. He's raw, young. Exactly. Exactly. He runs like a deer and hits like a Mack truck, <laughs> but he just needs to get smarter and like it'll get there. One person, he's 22. One person I'm really down on though, and I know we didn't see much of him, but uh, O'Shane Zimenez. Yeah, he had four games. He had a sample size. You got I need a full season Bro, out of him. Four games. You had five tackles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, made, you, you know who else had five tackles? Who else had five? You know who else had five tackles? Riley Dixon, the punter. <laughs> well, Riley Dixon, unfair advantage. He had sixteen games. You can't count it. Can't compare. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I, and I'll I tell you what. See. And I'll tell you what. Do we know? Could we get a punt number on that? How many times he punted? Because he was on the field a lot. So he had he had major opportunities. The fact that our punter had five tackles, honestly, is a disgrace to the special teams unit. But we'll get to that later. But O'Shane Zimenez, I don't know. Like, even when he was on the field for those three games, I just didn't see anything when he wasn't hurt. No, I didn't see anything pass rush. I can agree with you there. He he, 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 he kind of blended, blended in a bit. But like I said, I, I want to I see a healthy he's, season. He's, he was supposed to be part of that Odell trade. Yeah, he was part of the Odell trade, yeah. yeah. I, I need a healthy season out of him before I can make like a, a full judgment. It's 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 like I said it's it's prove it or prove it time for these two guys. I mean O'Shane's a little bit younger, but O'Shane and and Lorenzo Carter like these young guys come from your spot too. So competition is a good thing. I think it'll bring out the best in them. So mm-hmm. and then honestly, thank you Jabal Sheard and uh, what was his name? Jabal Sheard and uh, Kyle Fackrell for your services. Oh yeah. Uh, Jabal I like Sheard. He, he had that uh, strip sack to win us the game against uh, Seattle. Was it no, Seattle? Cincy, Cincy. Oh, okay. Yep. So thank you for that. I don't know if you're back on the team. You're 31, um, but thank you. Helped us in a pinch. Appreciate it. Kylo Fackrell, he, I think he played out real good for the limited snaps he had. I wish we could get him back if he doesn't want a big contract because I think he was honestly probably our second best pass rusher. How many sacks he have? He had. He had four. Four sacks in nine games. That's pretty good. He played pretty well. He had that one pick six against the Cowboys. Yeah, he had a pick six. He was one of our responsible for one of the two. Oh, speaking of which, we had two defensive touchdowns, one by Fackrell and one by Tate Crowder. So yep. Yep. let's keep that in mind. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think linebacker, we're okay. Outside and inside, I think we're going to be all right. So uh, jumping in, next position, talking. I guess we'll go cornerback first, then we'll go to the, the safety, the loaded safety room that we have. So – uh, quarterback first. Start with start with the, I guess lockdown side there. James Bradbury. Yes. Just, yes. Another home run. Another home run free agency signing. Yes. Guy guy can play. I mean, he doesn't have outrageous interception numbers. He's got three. I mean, it's, that's good. But uh, he's he's more of a lockdown guy anyway. He just he just he'll take your best receiver away from you. Played super well. He had uh, how many pass defenses do I got here? Eighteen pass defenses. Sheesh. Really solid. Did, never even worried. There, uh, there was times. Uh, I, what game was it? I remember screaming at the TV. I was like, "Why are you testing James Bradbury?" They, they, they threw him on fourth down. You know, you got to. Yeah, the Eagles. What, what are you testing, Jaylen James Bradbury? Go somewhere else. You ain't gonna do it on that side. Come on now. Come on. 
Dude, James Bradbury, James Bradbury, he's, like, too good. Like, he really showed out. And, like, we, I remember, like, I was, like, a little, I was a little upset when we signed him because we had the chance that, um, what's his name? Byron he went Jones. to the Dolphins. By, Byron Jones. Yeah, that's who I wanted. And then we got James Bradbury. He comes to town and just lights it up. Like, imagine there were fans there for some of his picks. Bro, the one against that, like, the Bears? Would be a war zone. Yeah, the one where he just, like, nobody even, I don't think he knows how he caught that ball. That, that he just like came down with it. It was in his arms. Bitched out Allen Robinson, sunned his ass. He was too good. <laughs> James Bradbury was too good this year, and I'm happy yeah, we have that's... him for a while. Yeah, he, really, he... really big home run signings this offseason for, for Gettleman. I was watching a video on Logan Ryan. He was saying that one game James Bradbury had to sit out because it was like close contact for COVID. They said, uh, "What's his face?" Uh, Changes the whole game plan, right? Yeah, it, ch- it changed the whole game plan. They had to completely g- scrap the game plan that they had and move to something else because they didn't have him that game. Yeah, he's so he's he he's your, he's he's got to be a defensive coordinator's best friend. You just take away you yeah. t- take away a playmaker. Um, yeah. Okay. So then now you get into kind of rocky waters. You're talking about CB two. That's my boy. <laughs> no, <laughs> it started no, out as Ryan who no. is. It was pitiful. I don't want to hear Then it went down to Isaac Yadam, who... Oh! Go! Listen, hot take, Isaac Yadam. I think he Uh played okay. I think he played all right. No, scratch that. Scratch that. No, that's not hot take. Hot take, he played amazingly down the stretch, except for, you know, when he got benched. But (laughs) beginning of the season, he sucked. And then as you watch him week by week, like a little puppy, you watch a little puppy develop, all right? You know, you get the puppy, he he pees in the house, poops in the house, you know. Week by week, you watch this guy just stand up tall, you know, start manning up people a little bit, start, you know, getting some pass defenses, start actually playing some solid defense. And lo and behold, he looked competent out there. And I, he was borderline my favorite player towards the end of the season until he got benched. I hate how you refer to him as a puppy dog. Like, I hate like. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you were going to come in strong there, but like, yeah, that puppy dog turned into a guard dog. Like, I was, like, was going to have to really get in a bit there. <laughs> I think I used to bark. I used to bark at the screen whenever he did something good. I'd be like, rup, rup, rup. I, I do agree. I think, <laughs> yo, I think, I think he really progressed as the season went on, um, up until like the very end there, where he used to, he kind of made like his his poor plays that he made. Like unfortunately, were like like in the limelight. Like whenever he made, whenever he missed a play, like he just did it on such like a like you didn't just miss the play. Like oh like. And it was kind of like hidden because of like uh, I don't know like blockers and stuff like that. Whenever he missed the play, you knew about it. It was just like clearly obvious to the watchers of the game. Um, oh man, I, I really wanted him to pan out too. He was the Evan Ingram of the defense. The Evan Ingram of our maybe defense. because disappointing. Evan Ingram though should has got a higher standard in my eyes. We expect more out of Evan Ingram. Isaac Yadam, I didn't expect yeah, much yeah. so. Um, yeah, let's just, I, I had to throw that little disclaimer in. We expected nothing and got a little something. Yeah, and then, I mean, we'll, we'll touch on another name real fast. Corey Valentine was another guy there, too, who, like, he played for a bit. Um, unfortunately, that, that experiment didn't work out. I really thought he was going to be good. We saw him yeah, in that preseason, he, and it was like, wow, this yeah, guy could play. Yeah, preseason, he looked And then, he looked unfortunately, nice. he's, he's, he got lost out there sometimes. Um, Not sometimes a lot. Yeah, unfortunately. Now he's a Jet. 95% of the time. Now he's a New York Jet. Have fun with him. He's young though, young D three talent. You know he could be something if someone has the time, but we just don't. So CB two, I, I was talking about how we we can't really afford to spend for like an edge rusher or something like that, just because I, I think we'll be okay there. Cornerback number two, I think is is 
a really underrated deficiency of this defense. We we don't have one. We really don't have like a a bona fide like cornerback number two. I mean, people are talking about maybe, or I guess we'll dip into this this deep safety room. Julian Love to play in that spot. Um, he he played there at the end of the season and I played well. Comment on that. Uh, but is he the answer? Like, have you seen enough of Julian Love playing a corner to the point where you won't you won't try to acquire that many like like a a real asset there at CB two? Like, I I don't know. I don't know if that's a smart decision. The way I'm going to put it, if we go out and get a cornerback two, I'll be happy. If we let Julian Love battle it out there, the kid was a, what, a Jim Thorpe finalist. He led the league. He led college football in pass defenses, got drafted, uh, fell in the draft a little bit because of size. We picked him up. We moved him to safety and never really gave him a shot at corner until the last two games of the season after two years. And he looks he looks pretty competent out there. Like, he could hold his own. I didn't, if I recall, I don't recall him ever messing up at corner. Or he he dropped a lot of interceptions. He's working on the drug machines. <laughs> him uh, and Evan Ingram, best buddy. <laughs> him, and, him and Evan Ingram need to go like share a drug machine, like, you know, play catch with each other or something. Because they must be I hope the they're doing it right routine. now. <laughs> I hope they're having a catch <laughs> right now. Bro, they must, they must have the same hands routines. But uh, I, if we go out and draft a corner, I'd be happy. If we sign a corner, I'll be happy. If we let Julian Love battle it out for QB two, I'll be happy. I think it's his position to lose right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if we're if we're looking at this depth chart, like he's got it. He's he's number one in my opinion at, at the second spot there. Um, will that? Like I said, it just depends on whether whether or not that like deters Gettleman from going to get like a, a legitimate asset. Like I'm not talking about like a late round pick at corner. I'm talking about like a, like a first round, like Caleb. Like, yeah. Like one of Patrick Sertan. one of those, like even, even, I mean, you're talking like second round, third round, even that deck Pete, I think with Julian love there, but um, who knows if we go there. I mean, he had, he had a good season though. He had one reception, which should have been three. Uh, he dropped two that I could think of off the top yeah. of my head. Well, a lot of tackles. 11 pass defenses. Oh no. Th- uh, three pass defenses. Sorry. 64 tackles, tackles for loss. No, I'm fine with, I'm fine with Julian Love, like, being our cornerback, too. We just didn't get enough. I don't think we got enough out of him yet to, like, decide if, like. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, like you said, Julian, I wouldn't be upset if we drafted. I wouldn't be upset if we signed. I wouldn't be upset if Julian Love was our cornerback, too, coming into next year. But that's not our decision. It's Davey G. My baby. my, My baby. My biggest. My biggest thing I always said about Julian Love was. He, when he was playing safety, he was just like the most average player on the field, which at safety, like you kind of want like a little, a little playmaking back there. Yeah. But at corner, I don't mind an average corner that he's not getting burnt, exactly. not laying up big plays. Yep. I mean, that's what we, that's what you, that's what you could dream at cornerback too. Yeah, that's true. Best cornerback, you don't notice him, you know? Exactly. But super, super big improvement from uh, previous seasons to this season. It's so nice to have a, uh, a, a, a. Actually, that's that's one to think about too. Maybe maybe Darnay Holmes competes for that second cornerback spot. But he played a great season inside, um, at that slot corner. Uh, years for years, we were being violated as a defense in the slot corner position. Teams were just they knew it was where we were bad, and they were just taking advantage of it. And just James Betcher was like, "Nah, like we'll leave, we'll leave." Uh, what's his face? Who was who was the guy from Penn State? Uh, Grant Haley. Grant Haley out to dry. We'll just leave him there. Let, let him just get 
absolutely destroyed every game game in like oh but played played super well one interception five pass defenses and the kid does not mind mixing it up and making a tackle love to see it super physical undersized does not does not scare him he throws his head around um bona fide slot corner without a doubt so and he was so cool Bro, like literally you look at all those like uh those defensive uh I don't know turnover pictures. pictures they took in the end zones. He's always doing something cool. He's always like, he was just he's so always cool. like the freshest Bro, guy. He had the West Coast I, swagger I, at all times. Yeah, <laughs> I loved yeah, when he, we drafted him. Loved it. I remember even reading like when we drafted him, this was gonna, this was like one of the steals of the draft, and I was like, all right. And then next day, him and Jabril Peppers are working out on the field. I was like, all right, like we got, we got a guy. Like we, we have a guy. Bro, he was he 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 was like the most targeted rookie corner to not allow a uh, touchdown this season. He did have a few costly turn uh you know turnovers not turnovers penalties, but I think it's nothing that he can't improve. Uh, I think we're you know we're set there. Uh, I, that's the guy of the future in my opinion. Yeah. I don't I, I, don't, I looked had, no farther um, than than Donay Holmes. He's the guy. Him and James Bradbury are locked at CB one and at nickel. All right, jumping into the safety group, the deepest safety group in the league, in my opinion. We are we are stacked at this position. We got playmakers yep. all over the place. Uh, I guess we'll start with the leader of that group, Logan Ryan. Just resigned him to another th- a fresh three year contract. Uh, guy had a wait. Co- you said Logan Ryan's the leader of that safety group. I mean, he's the veteran leader, for being honest. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Fair. I I know where you're going Fair. with it. I know where you're going with right, it. Right. Good. But Good. Logan Ryan is the, uh, the the veteran leader of that group. Uh, had a great season. One interception. Ninety four tackles. One sack. Um, just absolute difference maker. He's versatile. Uh, it's, I talk about the word versatility. He is Mister Versatility. What, did played a bit of corner, played a bit of uh, safety. I think he's what makes him such a valuable piece on this defense is, is if you're in a pinch during the season. Listen, this, things happen during the season. Guys get hurt. Um, certain guys maybe don't play as well. You need to start making substitutions. The fact that he is so versatile that he can play slot, he can play outside, he can play safety, he can come down and be that like that linebacker, the money backer slot. Like he he does it all. Um, and I think that's why ultimately I wasn't a huge fan of of the. Uh, well, I mean, I was a huge fan as long as it doesn't come at other players' expenses. But uh, Lo- Logan Ryan is is Mr. Versatility, key part of this defense. That that story about his wife always gets me. Chills. Uh, and the fact that he balled out that game, like, just makes it so much sweeter that like they survived and you know he played great that game and it was it, it was a, it was a good feel good story. But Logan Ryan, you know, Jersey boy out of Rutgers. Finally back home, plays amazing after moving from corner to safety. He really was like the le- he was one of our leaders back there. He's definitely the I think he's the probably the oldest starter on our defense. Yeah, he's got to be. Uh, he he he. I I was so ecstatic to see that we we signed him real late in the off season because he was someone I wanted off the bat, and we even got him for a little discount. He signed back home with us for another three years. He was like Steve a last-minute signing, right? Like, didn't we sign him? Cause yeah. It was because McKinney got hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. yeah, that was smart. That was very smart. 
Love that. Right? Like, McKinney gets hurt. We sign Logan Ryan. He balls. Uh, we... I love Logan Ryan. Fun tidbit. My dad works with his mom. So, maybe I'll have him on the pod one day. <laughs> really? I mean, <laughs> all right. Deal. Uh, listen, listen. I work my magic. Can he get can he get us to a game? Get us some sideline passes? If we ever if we're ever back at the games. <laughs> yeah, true. That's true. All right, my personal favorite at uh, safety room. I mean, I know you alluded to as the as the leader. Love everything about Jabril Peppers. He is a dog. The energy oh, brings favorite giant. The uh, yeah, he's he's in my conversation for favorite giant. He really is. He the energy brings the the physicality that he brings uh, he, he had 91 tackles actually fun fact logan ryan leaded in tackles which is you maybe you wouldn't expect 94 tackles logan ryan had 91 for jabril but um he, he's he's had his struggles in past defense jabril but he works on that a bit he's he's a legitimate linebacker i what i was saying as uh the logan ryan contract coming at the expense of other players i hope us signing logan ryan doesn't mean that we're not going to sign Jabril Peppers um, at some point because I think he should be he, – he deserves another contract. He made a huge leap. Another huge uh, Patrick Graham guy made a ridiculous leap from James Betcher to Patrick Graham. Uh, Jabril's going to stay. Jabril's going to stay. They're not going to let – you can't let a guy like Jabril Peppers go. Another can, Jersey boy. He can play – Yeah, Jersey boy. Graham is Catholic, baby. He could play every position on the field. Like, you could put – you could tell – like – all right, knock off wood. Let's say Daniel Jones gets hurt, and they say, "All right, we're gonna start Jabril Peppers this week at quarterback." I would be like, "Word!" Like, I am fine with that. Like, Jabril Peppers could literally play any position on the field, probably other than like left tackle or something like that. But I would even trust him at edge rusher. Like, he is—he could do everything. It's insane. I've never seen a player like this before. He's—he's he's always the best athlete on the field, no matter who's on the field. Yep, best athlete on the field at all times, no matter what. And you know what? He he adds to the team because it's not just what he does on defense because what he does on defense is great. But he adds to the team with uh, being a, a ridiculous threat as as far as punt returns. He's, he calls a fair catch kind of kind of a lot. Not going to lie. I was kind of expecting more returns out of him. But when he doesn't call a fair catch and he goes to return, I hold my breath because I'm ready for him to go in any moment. He was itching to take one back this season. Uh, didn't, didn't unfortunately get it. But uh, legitimate threat on there. I, I'd love to see him return kicks too because Dion lewis wasn't it so um disaster how like next little rotation going with him and uh uh dante pettis so yeah jabril jabril was really the life of the defense i felt like if logan ryan was the brains like he was the heart yeah yeah jabril jabril was just a fiery competitor at all times hated and the one thing the one thing i loved about jabril was that he hates losing when other players are like whatever about losing like he takes it to heart and like gets genuinely pissed and that's like what i want every player to feel after a loss that's what i say all the time julian i finding guys who like to win is so easy everybody likes to win i want to find guys that hate to lose and like you said he's one of those guys hot take so was odell but we got yeah him, so. well well jabril, jabril peppers brought like a different swagger to the giants like there was that odell swagger that was just like too much like Jabril Peppers, yeah, yeah, Jabril Peppers brings, like, that perfect amount that, like, we need. Like, we haven't seen a guy, like, like, like that in a very long time. Like, you could say Odell, but, like, he was too Hollywood, cameras on him at all times. Jabril Peppers is that without the issues, and that's what I love. Like, Jabril Peppers, he never gets in trouble, right? Like, I mean, anything in college? No. 
just yeah. just Jabril Peppers like walks in with that starter jacket before games and you know he's all business. Yeah, you know he just to light someone up. I always think yeah. back to that play against Dalvin Cook last season with under James Bretcher where he like put he laid the wood into the fullback and made the tackle in the backfield on like a pitch play to Dalvin Dalvin Cook. I just always think back to that play. I'm like, damn, like not many people can make that play. Yeah, Just I know real. what you're talking about. You're talking about. Sorry, I, I missed a bit what you said there. The the play where he he didn't even make the tackle. He just ran through somebody and blew up the play. Right. No, he ended up, he ended up making the tackle though. Oh, did he? Did yeah, he? it was like a five yard loss. He like blew up the fullback and then made the tackle in the backfield. <laughs> he just completely. I remember he's like a heat seeking yeah. missile. That guy. Um, yeah. He plays with his hair on fire. Like that's like Jabril Peppers is a guy that like a kid who plays Mighty Mites, Pop Warner, etc. Should like. <laughs> look up to like he like he is oh my god i love jabril pepper so much that's that's the bottom line like that's that's it that's all i really i, I, I love when that. i see him in the box yeah when i see him in the box i just know like oh something's about to happen you see the toes bouncing you see him you see him bouncing before the play starts and he just zooms oh my god now we're talking we're, we're talking contracts here we're talking logan ryan just got his i, I need to see jabril get his what does this mean for the young guy? Xavier McKinney came in, was hurt for most of the season, played in six games, had one interception in that Cowboys game, uh, one pass defense, 25 tackles. I think he played well. I think he's going to be a really good player too. But it's it's going to be really fun to see how Patrick Graham mixes in all these guys. He's got – I mean, listen, there's worse there's worse issues out there to have than to have too, too yeah. many good players. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like you'll, you'll find guys ways to get guys in the game, no doubt. Um, but – Man, that safety room is nice. Nice to have. This is this is gonna be great for Xavier McKinney. This is gonna be so good. He has he has to like look up to Logan Ryan and Jabril Peppers. Like you get the best of both worlds there. And like I think down the line when like Logan Ryan starts slowing up a little bit because we know he's getting up there in age. I think right. He's, 29, he's pretty old yeah. now. Twenty thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's getting up there in age a little bit. Like. Xavier McKinney's gonna come in and he's just gonna be like when he's a full time starter. Oh my god. Xavier and McKinney from, is a kid. He's twenty one years old. He's a kid. He's from and he's a DB from Bama. I can't even tell you the last time I've heard of a DB from Bama not succeed in the NFL. Like they just produce defensive backs and running backs and middle linebackers and offensive linemen and defensive linemen. They produce everything. That's back, good school. And wide receivers. <laughs> back in Bama, and not quarterback. They said that he was basically just like a mini clone of uh, Minka. Yeah. Yeah. And the but th- I think he's, I think he's going to be a legitimate threat. I, I do think, I mean, I don't know if you guys know, if you tell me, I, I definitely noticed watching the game. I think he's got to put on some weight too. He looks looks yeah. a little thin out there, but you know what? It was his first season in the NFL coming out of college, so maybe size is a bit different. An and he's so coming off an injury. He lost yep. a little weight. Yep. So yeah, he, I think he maybe cut down on size a bit just because of the injury. Uh, but he's kind of hurt a little too. bit seeing Antoine Winfield Jr. like be as good as he was because like we had the chance to get both of them, I believe, right? Like at the same yeah, time. We are, we are so cousins. like it hurt a little bit, but like I think in the long run we're going to be fine with McKinney and Antoine Winfield's going to be great, but so is Xavier McKinney. I think mm-hmm. so too. The thing yeah. is, I, I, the thing I loved about McKinney that Antonio Winfield didn't quite do, if you notice in that Cowboy game, Lined up against CD Lamb, most of the game was actually Xavier McKinney instead of uh, instead of what's his face, Darnay Holmes. McKinney played slot corner most of that Cowboy game and locked down CD yeah. Lamb. Yeah, he did. So yeah, he he's did. just again versatile. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, 
what's it, uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah. Holmes wasn't 100. percent I'm just saying, like, so. our safeties are I, all just versatile. But like, it's it's yeah, exactly exactly. You find ways to get these good players on the field. Like they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get on the field. Don't worry about that. And the thing is, we we ran we ran I think the most in the league three safety sets. Yeah, when you have all so that talent, I have no issues finding. I have no issues seeing you know having McKinney play back, having Logan Ryan play back, put your brill up in the box, put Logan Ryan at corner two, not corner. Uh, Julian Love at corner two, having four safeties on the field essentially at the same time. I mean. Julian Love, we'll talk about him a bit too. He played. He obviously played safety for most of the season. Played in all sixteen games. At the end there, he was like I said, corner. But Julian Love had a, I mean, not a splash season. I mean, he's he's twenty two. He's a young guy, but he had sixty four tackles. He had three pass defenses, one interception. I mean, Julian Love, I thought played pretty well too. They they had him play as a kind of like the uh, the free there at the, at the top, and just ran stuff whenever he went to those like three. Um, they usually brought Jabril down. Um, and then bumped uh, McKinney, uh, sorry, uh, Logan Ryan over, and then put uh, Love back there deep. I think he played okay. I mean, listen, he could have caught a couple balls. He never got torched. Yeah. He never got torched, but he never, like, did anything crazy either. Like, he was just boring, but that's what you needed, honestly. Yeah. I mean, listen, as a third safety, I have no problem with Julian Love. I mean, he's about to be fourth. I mean, even if he doesn't pan out at CB2, like, I I have no problem with keeping him in the roster. Like I said, guys get hurt. 22 years old. Don't give up on young talent. He's a solid depth player. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, I have some breaking news here that we all are not going to love. And I, it doesn't really have to do with the Giants' defense, but the Lions are expected to franchise tag wide receiver Kenny Galladay. So, so in my opinion now, like yeah. if we're looking at this real quick, Kenny Galladay's expected to get franchise tagged. Allen Robinson, listen, he's dream scenario. I don't think he, I don't think he comes to the Giants. He's going to want to come to a contender team. And not to say the Giants aren't, Contenders, but he, they, he's going to want a bona fide contender team, like a team that he knows he's going to play well. It starts getting real thin that wide receiver room, and it starts making the wide receivers look super desirable there at eleven. Now, if, if there's any reason to take a wide receiver at eleven, it's it's starting to happen now because you're seeing those those top guys fall. Then we saw, sorry, then we saw um, in the Super Bowl celebrations, Chris Godwin uh, was mentioned about being a free agent, and uh, Bruce Arians grabbed the mic and was like, "Nope, you're coming back. Don't worry." Like. All these top guys are leaving. Bruce Arians was one blacked out. Two, he said that to every single player. So, like, someone's got to, like, someone's got to go. <laughs> I don't know. You who. can't have Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and Chris Godwin. Come on. And Tom Brady. And Tom Brady. Come on. <laughs> Give me something over here. We need a receiver. I know this was yeah. a defensive podcast episode, but this is bullshit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> little side rant real quick. All right, Giants Nation. That wraps up our 2020 defensive recap episode. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at NYGiants underscore talk. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Giants panel. Hot sweat.